Good morning, Real Life family. My name is Ryan Craig. I am the Youth and Children's Director here at Real Life in Montrose, Michigan. And today I wanna to talk to you about something that we all have experienced quite a bit of in the last couple of years. And I'm hoping to offer you a solution to that. And if you know anything about our church, you already know the answer. Anytime we ask a question, we know that there is one answer and we will get to that shortly. But I'd like to offer you some solutions to, to something we've been experiencing quite a bit. And usually at this point, I would paint a picture for you of a scenario, but I don't think I need to paint that picture this week because a lot of you are going through it now and all of us have gone through it these last couple of years. Now, aside from the political impacts of what I'm going to talk about at the top here, and beside how you feel about uh, the fallout from the coronavirus or COVID-19, I want to talk about the biggest side effect that has come to pass in many of us, which is loneliness. These past couple of years have been difficult. We've been stuck at home for a large portion of it. We had to live our lives behind a screen and all of our interactions became digital. We wished for the days of old where we could gather together and have real tangible conversations to be finally able to laugh together, to hug each other and to look into each other's eyes. But now, We've arrived at this place where the restrictions are finally lifted. Public perception has changed and we are no longer ashamed for leaving our homes. It's a day we've been waiting for, but we're still lonely. We can move around freely. We can do whatever we want, whenever we want, with, with whoever we want, but we're lonely. And for many of us, for some reason, our isolation hasn't ended. Yeah, you leave your home, you go to work, you see people around you all the time, but your isolation hasn't ended. And this time it's not the government's fault, it's not a political party's fault, it's not the fault of a virus, but it's because now we've been trained to live lives by ourselves. And so today, I want to talk to you about how we resolve that and what we can do about that. And I wanna offer you a few different solutions for this. You see, loneliness ends when you're not, get ready for it, alone. Okay, now that seems obvious, but after two years of isolation, we seem to have forgotten this. As uh, in Ephesians 4, verse 16, it says this, as each part does, it work, does its work, it helps the other parts grow. So Christ's whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. When you're not alone, you will grow. When you're not alone, you're, you're not going to be lonely. That seems obvious, but there's some other symptoms we need to talk about here. Not just physically being with other people, but why we should be with other people. 
So today I want to lay that out. Why should we be with other people? And part of it is at the end of Ephesians 4.16 there. So Christ's whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. So if your life seems dull now, let's sharpen it. You see in Proverbs 27, verse 17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. When you're with other people, you're going to be sharper. You're going to learn more. You're going to be built up more. You see, if you have an iron knife or an iron weapon, you can't just use it over and over again. You can't just use this weapon to defend yourself over and over again. Something people don't realize is that a sword or a knife, when you go into battle, dulls over time. Actually, it dulls really quickly after just one battle. That sword and that knife is so notched up that it just becomes a, a, a bludgeon. It just becomes a, basically a big piece of metal. And while that can hurt the enemy, it's far less efficient at killing the enemy. And my friends, we are in this spiritual battle, fighting against an enemy unseen. And if you're going into that battle with a, a dull sword or a dull knife, you won't be able to injure the enemy. You will be able to injure the enemy, rather, but you won't be able to kill the enemy with that. So what do you need to sharpen this iron weapon? What do you need to sharpen yourself? You need another piece of iron to sharpen it. As iron sharpens iron, so does one person sharpen another. You need other people to sharpen you, to challenge you, to help lift you up. If you're tired, you need to be lifted up. Every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in this community of faith. And that's in Galatians 6, 10. When you are tired, you will be lifted up by other people in our community, by other people in our church, being around others. You can be lifted up by them. I think of the story of Moses and Aaron and, and them lifting his hands up as he was praying. And every time his arms would go down, the battle tide would change. But when his arms were lifted up, they would hold his arms up. The battle would then start going their way. They lifted his arms up when he was tired. And the battle would change. A lot of us are facing these battles and being around others, being around other Christians is going to make all the difference. There's, there's a, a, a trend I've noticed, maybe not a trend, maybe a trend isn't the right word. There is a, an epidemic happening right now, and I'm not talking about COVID, but there is a problem we're having in the, the, the church, in the world in general, after we got stuck in lockdown for years and years, we began to see an uprise in alcoholism and drug use and substance abuse and depression and addiction. And, and Jesus can set us free from all of that, but we need other people to hold us accountable. So let's, 
Let's get some accountability, my friends. And in Philippians 2, 4, it says, look out for one another's interests, not just for your own. Doing this by yourself doesn't work. And I can tell you that from experience, if you're not held accountable, if you're not having others who know about your problems, your deepest, darkest secrets, the things that you struggle with, you will not be able to get out of this on your own. You need accountability. Accountability in others of the faith and accountability in Christ. They can help you with that. Hebrews 13.1a says, Keep being concerned about each other as the Lord's followers should. And, and here's the thing. When you do fall, when you do uh, fail, when you do come up short, even with that accountability, because sometimes it still happens, even when you have accountability, here's the thing. We can help each other up. If one person falls, another can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. Ecclesiastes 4.10. That's scripture there, my friends. When one person falls, the other can help them up. When you fall, I want to lift you up. I want to take your hand and help you keep moving. And I want to cheer you on. And I want to help you get there and to have a life of freedom and fullness. I've, I've had a lot of friends who've experienced a lot of trauma and pain and hurt in these last couple years, and it feels like they're doing it on their own. And me, I, I need to, to be there for them. And, but here's the thing, sometimes I feel like we are isolating ourselves. And so, yeah, me, the super social guy, I mean, those who know me, they, they know that I like being around people. I like talking. I talk a lot. That's one of the reasons I like to preach. I, I, I just like to talk. I like to be around people. And, and I have found myself being more isolated. Instead of reaching out to our friends and, hey, what can we go do today? Hey, can I pray with you today? Hey, can I, can I study the word with you today? Or even, hey, can I go see a movie with you tonight? Just something fun. Going out and being social. I found myself just staying home and just hanging out by myself or with my wife and kids, which is great. But there's more beyond the four walls of my home that I need to be involved with. But I've had these friends who are also going through things, some very terrible, difficult things in their lives, whether that be death in their family, whether that be their marriage is on the rocks or their marriage has ended or, 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 or a myriad of other issues that they may be going through. And they're going through this and they're despairing. And I reach out. And they say, I, I just, I need some time alone. And I get that. I want to, res I, I want to respect people's boundaries. I do, I do get that. But here's what I want to say to you. If you're going through it, if you're despairing, I want to be there with you. Because when, when you hurt, I hurt. And I'm not saying that I want you to quit hurting, so I'll quit hurting. But I want to be there going through it with you so I can understand you and I can help you. When you hurt, I want to hurt with you so that I can, I can be there for you. 1 Corinthians 12, 26a says, If one member suffers, all suffer together. And in Romans 12, 15b, it says, Weep with those who weep. You weep when they have a tough time. But then here's the thing. I want to encourage you as well when you're going through it. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 14a, it says, Encourage each other and strengthen one another. 
I want, I want to be there for you. Your friends here, they want to be there for you. I know how most of us are, and while we are isolated and alone, and it's the self-isolation that we have now, I know that most of us, we want to be there for others. So we've got to end this isolation. And I also want to be there in the good. I want to party with you. That's right, I want to party. I, I mean, you know, my parties are typically gluten-free birthday cakes and clowns and stuff like that because I'm a kid's uh, pastor. So they're not like the, the party of the world, but I, I don't mean just go to a birthday party, although I love birthday parties. I don't mean just go to a birthday party. I want to celebrate you. When you have victory, I want to have victory with you. I want to share that with you. And I want you to share my victories. I want us to do this together. In 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 3, verse 7 through 9, it says, So we have been greatly comforted, dear friends, in all of our crushing troubles and suffering because you have remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life. Do you want life? It gives us new life knowing you may remain strong in the Lord. How we thank God for you. I love that scripture. It's so awesome. It's just like, yeah, let's celebrate. You've gone through it and I'm celebrating your victory. I want to celebrate with you, you guys. In Romans 12, 26, it says, if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. This is the body of Christ, the church. Let's celebrate together and friends. When we're on the mountaintop and, and, and when we are down low, I want us to go through it together because when we're together, we can save the world. In John 13, 35, it says, Your love for one another, another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That's Jesus. Will prove that you are my disciples. You are working together and struggling side by side to get others to believe the good news. That's in Philippians 1, 27. And in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, it says, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn, a word of instruction, a, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so, so the church can be built up. So why do we want to build up the church? Why do we want to do this? Why am I telling you this today? Because here's the thing. I want to save the world with you guys. And saving the world starts with saving our community, saving the church. You see, there's, there's, there's this man, but he's not man. He's the son of God, but he, he, he was God made man. And some of you right now are like, what is this, this crazy guy talking about? I'm talking about Jesus. See, we have a debt to pay. We've all fallen short. We've all sinned. We've all messed up and you know it, you've done it. We've all been there. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we owe this debt. You see, the Old Testament, a lot of it is this legal document. It's the law, the law of Moses. So the first several chapters of the Bible lays out these laws. And there's a lot of them there. And some of them are, 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 make a lot of sense. Like, don't kill people. 
But some of them we're looking at and we're saying, man, this, this seems strange, like, uh, uh, like the rules against eating shellfish. And, you know, there was a reason for some of these things back in, like shellfish. We know that it, it spoils quickly. So there was probably people getting sick and dying, but these weren't holy foods. And then there was, there was even rules about some of these things, like, the, like some of the foods about what kind of animal with hooves and what kind of hooves can you eat and things like that. And so these laws are laid out and there's lots of these laws. And you're going through and you're reading this, you're like, man, this was difficult. And at the end of a lot of these, these books, it says that these are the commandments for my people. And if they don't follow these commandments, then, then there's no salvation for them. There is no hope for them. And so you're going through and reading these laws. And you're like, man, how can anybody ever do this? And, and, and so everybody owed this debt, this legal debt. And they were bound up and, and unable to pay off this debt. And, and when you owe something to the law, there's always a consequence. And the Bible says that the consequences for our sin, the debt for our sin, is death. An eternity without Christ. An eternity of suffering. Hell. And, and that's just the destination. But here on earth, without that debt being paid, you don't have, get to live a life of freedom and fullness. You don't get those things when you owe this debt. We all owe it. No, that is until Jesus came along. You see, nobody was able to live this law to the letter. And they had to jump through some hoops in order to atone for their sins, to pay for their debt. They had to sacrifice these animals. And they had to go through all these things. But Jesus came and he said this, I didn't come to abolish the law because people thought the Messiah, the Son of God, when he would come someday, he would abolish that law. He said, I didn't, I didn't come to abolish those laws. I came to fulfill them. And so Jesus did just that. He fulfilled those laws. He lived perfectly, never sinning. And so he owed no debt. However, he allowed himself to be arrested, to be tried. A trial that was for us, a trial that's already been had for us, a conviction that's already been called for us. And he stood in our place and he said, I'll pay the debt. And so Jesus was beaten, torn, forced to carry a cross, and he was crucified. Up on that cross, he gave up his life and he paid for your debt. You see, you owe nothing. You just have to accept that. And then you need to live your life in accordance with his word, accepting his payment. You are now bondservant with Christ. So today, if you owe that debt, if you feel you still owe that debt, if you have not given your life to Christ, if you have not lived in such a way that you're trying every day, and listen, we all stumble and mess up and fall, but keep going because he's already paid for it. But you have to be making this effort. You have to dedicate your life to him. You have to verbally tell him. And I would encourage you to do this in your own home today. You tell Jesus, God, I'm sorry. 
I believe in you. I know who you are and I want to live for you. And every day I'm going to do more. I'm going to do better. I'm going to live for you and I'm going to love you. And you do that. And someday we'll be in glory together. And so I want to encourage you today to do that if you haven't. And for those of us who are part of the community already, who are part of the family already, let me tell you, there is a table set for us. We are together on this. Let's, let me tell you this. Uh, the, the name of my sermon is The Cure for Loneliness. First of all, you have one who's always with you. That's Jesus. That's that question I asked at the beginning. I said, I'll have an answer for you. You always have Jesus. You're not alone because he is with you. He goes before you and behind you and beside you. He is always with you, but he wants us to be together. He, there's a spot for us at his table. And this isn't just a table where he's on one side, I'm on the other. But I imagine a banquet hall in heaven with long tables and we're all together celebrating. We need to do that here. So we're offering you a solution right here at Real Life Church. We are starting our life groups up again next week. We're going through a prayer series. And I want to encourage you to go to our website, go to our app, figure out where our life groups are at, what nights they're at, what time they're at. Go to one of them. Stick to it. Go to it every week. There'll be other people like you. And listen, to go to a life group, you don't need to know anything. You don't need to be an expert at anything of the faith. You don't need to know a bunch of scriptures. You don't need to be living your life perfectly or anything because I've laid out, I've laid out all these reasons why you need to be with other people here in my sermon today. You're feeling lonely. Hey, this is going to help with that because you're with other people. You're not alone anymore. Hey, you're feeling sad, depressed. You're going through despair. Well, hey, you know what? They're going to help you. They're going to be there with you, going through it with you. Hey, you got something to celebrate? You got some people to celebrate. You want to learn? This is where you're going to learn. It's another place you're going to learn. All of these things can be resolved by us being a body together. Because when one part of the body is, is lacking, the rest of the body is hurting from it. So let's get together. Let's do this together. Go to Life Group. I promise you. It's going to make a huge difference in your life. I don't want you to be alone anymore. And I'm tired of being alone myself. So let's do this. Let's get together. Come to church on Sundays. Man, listen, I know you got used to being home all the time. Listen, I know work is tough. You're tired. I know you got other things. But come to church Sunday morning. I don't want you to come to church to make myself feel good or to make Pastor Tim feel good. I want you to come to church because you need to be here with other people in our community, sharing and going through life together, lifting each other up. I want you to be lifted up, and I want you to lift others up. You got to be here. I'm going to challenge you to come to church every single Sunday, even when you're too tired. Even when life is difficult, even when you feel like, man, work was tough this week. I'm going through it. I'm depressed. I already laid out why you need to be with others in those times. Be here at church Sundays. Go to life group during the week. You need to be with other people. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, it's going to help. So. Get on the app. 
Find those life groups. I wanna see you at one of those life groups. I'm gonna pop into some life groups myself. It's gonna be a great time. There's gonna be good food. There's gonna be good people. Listen, it's, it's more just hanging out and then we have a discussion about what we talked about that Sunday. And you're gonna learn how to pray. Hey, you're saying, I don't know how to talk to God. I talk to God like in my mind sometimes, but then I get asked to pray over dinner or I ask to get pray uh, to, to pray for somebody or whatever. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Hey, you're going to learn to pray at that. We'll, we'll, we'll solve that problem right there real fast. So friends, I love you. Let's get to life group. Let's get to church. Let's be a community together. Let's not be alone anymore. I love you guys. Have a great week.